Partly cloudy conditions on Saturday, partly cloudy and breezy with a high of 30. Sunday, a high of 38. We'll start the next week on Monday with a high of 40 and clouds. If you're in Madison, you got 43 degrees with clouds. In Green Bay, it's 40 degrees. Waukesha, it's 41 degrees. Right here in Milwaukee, 42 degrees and cloudy. Every day is bringing a new news cycle, a new revelation, a new angle, a new talking point. Keep up with all of it at WTMJ.com and the WTMJ mobile app. I'm Jack Grau. Siding Unlimited WTMJ News Time is 6.07. Your need-to-know cultural snapshot of Wisconsin and beyond. This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max. A deep dive into all things intriguing, riveting, and entertaining. And now your host for the evening, here's Sandy Max. Valentine's Day evening and welcome. You love culture, you love creativity, and what's going on in those spaces, then you are in the right place. We call this show What's on Tap. I am your host, Sandy Max, and on the show tonight, liven up your Lenten season with a fun way to fish fry and truly experience Milwaukee, whether you've lived here your lifetime or you're new to the city. A Shorewood woman shares what it's like to really celebrate Fat Tuesday in the Caribbean way. And a Madison mover and shaker making a special space for black culture and a reggae song about a greater love and a connection to a new movie. That's what's going to end the show tonight. So first, I have a question. Where are some of the most romantic spots to stay in Wisconsin? You're about to find out at least two destinations to spend the night and spice up your love life. Waukesha native Margaret Beinert and her husband, Corey, road tripped across the country for five years together, taking colorful photos for their new book called Hotel Kitsch, a pretty cool tour of America's fantasy getaways. I'm holding a copy in my hand if you're watching on the YouTube stream. The book cover catches your eye. It's got like bright Barbie colors, hot pink, sky blue, and the cover photo is this pink Honeymoon Hotel, poolside with palm trees, so it automatically transports you to a space and kind of makes you want to road trip and see some of these fun hotels. Because instead of a neutral colored corporate hotel room like we usually see, the Beinerts visited dozens of creatively themed rooms in Wisconsin, even around the world, taking photos of beds in all shapes, heart-shaped clamshells. Covered wagons and race cars, a Wizard of Oz-themed room, even igloos. It is a book that celebrates this design and the nostalgia of these hotels. Also, the survival. These are small businesses, you know? So Margaret and her husband, Corey, they spent these years road tripping and researching this book. That's a lot of time together for a couple, even if it is visiting fantasy suites of all levels of creativity. So I started my conversation with Margaret Beinert on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline with a question, a romantic one. How did she first meet her man? We met in college. So we've been married for 12 years, almost 13 years now. And uh, I guess we've both been very romantic at heart. And so this all kind of worked out pretty perfectly for the two of us. That is wonderful that you've already road tripped exploring hotels. But now this is such a bright, vibrant, colorful book. Hotel Kitsch. What is the focus of this very romantic book? That's a great question. I really think the focus is these rooms that give people a really unique experience, especially ones that bring a connection. So Corey and I obviously are a couple traveling together. So we are looking for something that caters to a little bit more of the romantic side of things. So if you can, you know, give us an experience that we can't stop talking about or that is just 
kind of giving us a new way to connect. Um, and I think these rooms do that by really bringing you out of your day-to-day life and into something really wild. And it, it just transports you into a fantasy land. And I think that's what this book is really all about. Whether you're looking through the book at home and you're getting to see this creative world that, that we've found, or if you actually want to go to the places, it's a really good guidebook for finding them. It is inspiring because the two of you have really brought out the colors and the life. It really is fun just to flip through the book. And you've got two Wisconsin. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. This has been really fun. Like you said, even if you can't travel all around the country to visit these spots, you're bringing us inside and giving me smiles. Now, we used to have oh. a fantasy suites hotel here about 20 years ago at 27th Street and I-94 in Milwaukee, and it was full of the different themed rooms. I will confess, I spent some times in the Hawaiian waters. There was a birthday oh, cake room. There was a beer no. barrel room. But it doesn't exist anymore. So it is fun to see that these still happen. So you've got two Wisconsin spots, first in Dodgeville, and it's yes. an airplane, the Don Q Inn. What was your experience there? That one is one of the first fantasy suite rooms that ended up turning into the fantasy suites that actually were also in Milwaukee, but this one was the first one. And there's a plane out front, but inside they have the, like the craziest rooms, you know, they of course have the classic space room. So you can sleep in kind of a UFO spaceship. (laughs) They have heart shaped tubs. They have the cave room. It's just, it's really just a unique uh, hotel that might not look like much from the outside, you know, besides the fact that there's a plane on the lawn. They offer some really wild fantasy suites. Then the other spot in Wisconsin is Mequon, and I thought it was interesting because Sybaris kind of used to have a jokey reputation. What is your right? review of the Sybaris brand? Well, I was familiar with Sybaris. I grew up in Wisconsin, so I've heard about it. I've seen, I've seen the commercial. I've heard the jokes. And so for so long, I didn't take it seriously. But when we were doing this project, I said to my husband, you know what, we should probably just check out Sybaris and see how good it is. And it turned out to be one of our favorite hotels. I mean, we had a ball. We had a room (laughs) with a private pool in the room with a water slide. That's what I was going to ask, the water slide. It was, we laughed so hard that day. It was so fun. It's one of the cleanest hotels you've ever stayed. They were so well put together. They thought through so much of the the romance and also just like the the hospitality aspect of things. I was blown away and I immediately was texting all my Midwest friends saying, stop writing off Sybaris. I'm not joking. Get a membership. This is the best, especially in the winter when it's freezing cold and you don't want to be outside. Go book a Sybaris suite. They are so fun for a romantic getaway. How fun. So Don Q in in Dodgeville, Sybaris in Mequon or anywhere in the Midwest. I love that this is so opposite of just the generic hotel room. What is one of the shapes of the bed that surprised you and your husband, Corey, most? You got to think race Uh, cars and birthday cakes and heart shape. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They're so creative. I think one of my favorite ones, though, is actually at the Don Q in Wisconsin. There's a hot air balloon bed, so it's actually suspended in the air. It's hanging from the ceiling. You can see underneath it, and then literally you're just, like, in the basket of this massive hot air balloon. And, again, it's those rooms that you walk in, and you just it kind of takes your breath away, and you both go, this is incredible, but you also go, who did this? Like, those are just the best rooms. Thank you for the, creating this great book of a checklist for you and your sweetheart, all ages, uh, whether you're retired and want a road trip around or you're a fresh couple looking to spice it up. Thank you so much. Thank you for all your nice words about it. 
They really did put together. It's just a fun visual book. They're uh, both uh, Margaret and her husband Corey are designers and photographers, so they really know how to capture the fun of these rooms. And were you as surprised by her Sybaris review as I was? The book is called Hotel Kitsch. A pretty cool tour of America's fantasy getaways. Uh, you can see a photo of it on the YouTube stream on WTMJ. Uh, you can also find them on a pretty cool hotel tour on Instagram and their website as a pretty cool hotel tour.com. Don Q in Dodgeville, just outside of Madison. Look for that airplane and consider an overnighter with your sweetheart. Or again, Sybris and Mequon or one of the other amusing spots in the Hotel Kitsch book. I made sure to show it to John Mercure as uh, we were crossing because you know how much he loves to travel. I'm like, Fella, here's a whole new world of travel for you. Well, we've celebrated Valentine's Day. Yesterday was Fat Tuesday, which means today is Ash Wednesday, now the first day of Lent. Why not try a fun way to fish fry while exploring Milwaukee? That's next on What's on Tap. You're listening to What's on Tap with Sandy Max on WTMJ. Fish Fry Friday. It is now officially the Lenten season, and anytime I can find a funny song like that, uh, me and producer Max like to just kind of crank it up for you. So if that's an earworm in your head, I kind of apologize, but it is the season, and now that we are in the Lenten season, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to just... uh, be bummed out because you're giving up something. You can actually embrace something like the fish fry. And have you ever gone on one of the Milwaukee food and city tours? Last November, I took the tacos and tequila tour with a fun group of Good Karma Brands teammates. And we dined at Mexican restaurants in different neighborhoods, sampled all kinds of authentic food and drinks while having a lot of laughs together. Well, there's a wide variety of tempting food tours including a timely tour to embrace the Lenten season and a true Milwaukee tradition. Milwaukee Food and City Tours founder and chief experience officer, Teresa Nemitz, on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Tell us what you have created, Teresa. One of our most famous and most popular tours that's coming up is our Lenten Fish Fry Tour. There we go. Milwaukee, Yeah, Milwaukee, (laughs) like your song said, Milwaukee was known for its fish fry. And we really, at Milwaukee Food and Sea Tours, we take it up a notch or two or three because we go to three different stops for fish fry in a night, as well as, of course, have some custard, and we stop for a visit to a church. It's a great way to try different kinds of fish fries because some people do the potato pancakes, which I love, and coleslaw and like applesauce. You know, there are different ways to have your fish fry. And many people take great pride in how they batter their cod and that sort of thing. Exactly. And, you know, Milwaukee, it was built on really three things, right? Faith, beer, and fish. And so on the tour, we're telling the story of Milwaukee and the fish fry. 
how, you know, people first started having the fish fries on the old Jones Island and the wood shanties and then eventually moving those fish fries into the bars and taverns and then into the churches. And people know those stories, but, you know, a lot of times we get into those old habits and we just go to the place that we know and we think of for our favorite fish fry. But this tour lets you kind of discover some new places. Because fish fry just itself is a very comforting experience and you kind of go to the same places and kind of hope to see the same people. But you're right, branch out and experience different neighborhoods and different fish fries. And it's also, like you said, what Milwaukee's built on, faith, beer, and fish. And you mentioned Jones Island, and I had just learned recently on a Milwaukee PBS documentary by John Gerda about Jones Island and about how the fish fry really got started in that little patch along the lakefront of Milwaukee. Yep, down at that little old fishing village that was down um, really now where the port of Milwaukee is. That's really what started what's become this huge tradition, right? Milwaukeeans, if you walk down the street and you ask people, where's your favorite fish fry location? Everyone has an answer to that. Kind of like we all have an answer of like, you know, where your favorite place is for an old fashioned, right? So we love to be able to take people and, and really kind of tell the story of Milwaukee through the tour and through the stops that we go to. I think something that we really pride ourselves on with that fish fry tour is that not only do we do the stops for the fish fries, but we also always go to a church. So we um, this year are going to St. Constantine and Helen, which is the Greek Orthodox Church in Wavatosa, and they just give us a great tour, and they also have just a really fantastic fish fry. You know, it's more than just fish. It's about faith. It's about Milwaukee and, and kind of telling that story. It's a wonderful way to learn about the history of the city, whether we've been here for a really long time and grew up here, or we talk about people who are new to the city. It's a great way to discover and get excited about the history and the, the, the lore of Milwaukee. And, you know, we like to take people sometimes to places on that fish fry tour where, you know, maybe they didn't think of being able to go. So, like, for example, the Harley-Davidson Museum, uh, they have a great restaurant there and just a really fantastic fish fry. I know a lot of people always think of the old Turner Hall for their fish fry favorites, and now they have turning tables there, and so being able to go there. And then, of course, to end with frozen custard at Kit's Frozen Custard. If anyone wants to get those tickets, you can buy those tickets at MilwaukeeFoodTours.com. It's always a sellout, but we are offering it for lunch and for dinner this Lenten season. Lunch, what a great idea. Yeah, well, it sells out so much on for the evening tours. And so this year we decided, you know what, we're going to try it out for lunchtime as well. And sometimes people don't want to go out at night, but this is their chance to join us on a Milwaukee Food and City tour during the lunchtime. And in the time that you're going to spend, like I just heard it when you said, Harley-Davidson Museum and Motor, the restaurant there. That's just yet another detail you've paid attention to because if you're taking a tour and learning about Milwaukee, you got to learn about Harley-Davidson. See the little shed where it started right there on the campus. I, I just think that's wonderful, that well-thought-out level of detail that you really make sure that it isn't just eating and drinking and piling on a bus and having some laughs. It really is a tour guide, and you're going to leave learning something. And you saw that on the tours that you went on. And we just love to be able to tell the story of Milwaukee through whatever kind of food or tour we are offering. And so now I have inside fun. jokes with some of my teammates because we really had a good time. So thank you for <laughs> all that you're doing to help people experience Milwaukee in a wonderful way. Thank you.
Andy. Have a great night. MilwaukeeFoodTours.com, Friday Fish Fry Tours, even Bloody Mary Tours, and a Churches and Chocolates Tour. So MilwaukeeFoodTours.com, if that has tempted your taste buds. Lent has begun today, Ash Wednesday. Yesterday then, you know, that means it was Fat Tuesday, the big blowout of decadence and celebration. Well, WTMJ's Debbie Lazga introduces us to a Shorewood woman who shares her Caribbean heritage and how Martinique Mardi Gras. That's next on What's on Tap. This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max. You heard a lot of that music yesterday on Fat Tuesday, didn't you? Eating punchkies is a local tradition. But what do they do in Martinique in the Caribbean? Well, it's pretty epic in the opinion of WTMJ's Debbie Lazaga. Each country has its own way to celebrate Mardi Gras. From the big feather get-ups and the sambas of Rio de Janeiro to the beads in New Orleans. But in the Caribbean island of Martinique, it's a bit more involved. I spoke with Madame Annette Corten, a French teacher at Shorewood High School who's from Martinique, and she gave me all the details. All of them. And there are a lot. Really, the carnival starts the first weekend after Epiphany. You heard right, Epiphany. That's the first weekend of January. You know, the Three Kings Day? That's a lot of celebrating. So every weekend until Mardi Gras, people will prepare for the carnival. So you will hear in Martinique, you will hear drums. You will have like a parade every weekend before carnival. And it all culminates with the last few days before Ash Wednesday. Mardi means Tuesday in French and Gras means fat. So that's the days that people eat a lot of fattening food and celebrate because they know the next day we have to fast for 40 days. So all this will be like not allowed. So that's the days that they really get all in and eat and dance and get ready for the 40 days that they will do nothing. That fasting and doing nothing is all part of that austerity measures that many Christian-based cultures participate in during Lent, the 40 days before Easter. Now for Martinique, it's not just random people in these parades. We have a lot of typical characters that you will see in every single carnival that represent the culture of the island. Everything from queens, mini queens, right down to the devil and his wife. Tuesday is the biggest day because obviously it's Fat Tuesday, it's Mardi Gras, where everybody is dressed in red and yellow and we call that day the Red Devil Day. So because the devil tried to tempt you, but can't stay, dance, you know, stuff like that. There's even a character called the Vaval, or the king of the carnival. Typically a character that represents some current event or person of the moment. For example, a politician, or during COVID, it was a doctor. It's a huge puppet that at the end of the carnival, or on Ash Wednesday, it gets burned in effigy, representing the end of his reign over the festivities. Community involvement in all aspects is important. Rather than taking a hands-off approach, like in most parades... In Martinique, the public the tourists, the viewers, if there is a band that's, oh, I really like that music, I really like the band, they join behind. Anybody can be following and then people are just dancing in the street. It's not like a huge party in the city of Fort de France. So if you're getting tired of the old samba, the beads, the alcohol and king cakes, celebrating Carnival the Martinique way might take a little preparation and endurance, but it promises to be one heck of a party. Debbie Lazaga, WTMJ News. All the fun. Coming up, 
Madison has a true mover and shaker who is instrumental in creating a new creative space there. Meet Dr. G after this newscast. Time now for an update from the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Here's Jack Grau. Good evening, Sandy. What's on tap with Sandy Max is back on WTMJ. Some sweet love on Valentine's Day. I'm Sandy Max. She's Anita Baker. A Black History Month. It looks back and it gives us a chance to see how we can move forward. And yesterday, former news anchor Toya Washington and I had the chance to talk with Dr. Alex G. And he is Madison's longest serving faith leader for four decades now and involved in many inspiring, impactful projects. And it was just a, a joy to talk with him. And this is these are some highlights from that conversation. And welcome to WTMJ, Dr. G. I just when you think about all the things that he is involved in and and that making happen, it's it's very inspiring. And welcome to WTMJ. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I got to tell you, in getting to know you a little bit online, you're a busy, busy man. Can you tell us what, what don't you do? Uh, yeah, <laughs> what, yeah, what are you doing now? What are some of the projects that you are working on and some of your accomplishments? I'm the founder of the Nehemiah Center for Urban Leadership Development, which is a, a social service, family empowerment and leadership development organization for African-American youth and families in Madison. And my most, I'm a podcast host, Black Like Me podcast with Dr. Alex G, award-winning Best of Madison podcast. But I'm also working on the Center for Black Excellence and Culture. It is a cultural space in Madison that helps to focus on joy and thriving, Black joy and Black thriving and Black wellness in our community in order to stop the brain drain of African-Americans leaving Wisconsin to warmer parts of the country because of more cultural affiliation. We've talked about that exodus a lot, mm-hmm. whether it's children moving on from Wisconsin or people coming to college and then leaving again. What is it about culture that you think is going to keep people here in Wisconsin? You know, Sandy, if we were to look at Wisconsin's history, largely Scandinavia has a great German influence. The food, the place where you can go to culture, like when I was younger, like in college, Mater's was this famous German restaurant down, you know, um, near the river. There are places that reinforced the culture of the people who settled the area. That doesn't exist for black folks. And that's not just African-American. I mean, people from Africa, folks from the Caribbean who identify as Afro-Latino and, of course, African-American blacks. There's not that sense of reinforcement. So when my wife came to college um, in, in 1982, um, she couldn't go to Marshall Fields at Hilldale and buy nylons or makeup for African-American women. Mm-hmm. And in Chicago, that's where many of the black women would go to get those kinds of things. So there's small things like that. One barbershop in our community while growing up. No real sit-down soul food restaurants to speak of. So there's not that cultural reinforcement that says to a community, you built this, this has been built, this has been built for you and with you. And so it's too easy for people to hang out in other places. So when I was a kid, my mom would put us in a station wagon, bring us down to Milwaukee so we would go to Speed Queen on 12th and Walnut, mm-hmm. Perkins, other places, Riverside, because if we wanted to see black culture, if we wanted to see Anita Baker where people were dancing in the aisles, it would be at Riverside because we don't do that 
at the overture match. We don't dance in the aisles. And so it's that reinforcement. It's sort of like, I said it this way, Sandy and Toya, that if you were to go to grandma's house and every grandchild's picture um, was up there but yours, after a couple of years, you, you start saying, hey, grandma or mom and dad, you guys want to tell me something? That's right. Because like everybody else is represented here. That's the way Madison feels. That's what Wisconsin feels for a lot of us in the black community, that our art and our representation isn't here. And that doesn't offer a welcoming experience. And I would I would go on to say with that, too, is that and I'm someone that loves to investigate all kinds of culture. So this isn't just a place where, you know, it's not exclusive. This is a place that will open to the entire state and beyond, hopefully, that people can come in and see that there is another thriving, surviving, flourishing community here. So those people who do want that exposure to not just what is within their bubble, this offers us that. Yes, it does. So we want others to come and experience our culture, just like there are places when I visit, there are places that I want to visit, other cultures, other places where I want to walk around and and hang out and learn. But I want that from an authentic community. I don't want someone giving their depiction of what they think that cultural representation is. That's what we experience a lot in Wisconsin. So I want my non-Black friends to come in and, 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 and community community fellows to come in, but I want that story that the film festivals, book festivals, comedians, lectures, art shows, gallery celebrations to be created by the black community and, 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 and created with love from the black community so that it is our best expression with excellence and not someone else's interpretation. And so it will cultivate our own sense of contribution and perseverance which in a community like that of Wisconsin, it's really needed because that's not always taught from a positive perspective, particularly for people who are black. But it also gives the other, the, the broader community a chance to say, I didn't know that. I didn't know this was the mm-hmm. contribution mm-hmm. of folks who are black. And we want people to understand that from our perspective, because right now people get a particular perspective when they think of black culture or what the black community does. It normally goes towards a pejorative type of let me help you up and out kind of thing. It rarely is about cultural excellence. And we've tied it now to public health, where we understand that when there are fewer opportunities for that, that helps to exacerbate health disparities for black people because we're constantly trying to prove ourselves in a place where there's already a foregone conclusion about who we are, what we've done, and what we're about. We want to change that narrative in a way that celebrates our perseverance and not merely highlights what people think is our weakness. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Reverend Dr. Alex G. in Madison, and I love your energy and i love your initiative (laughs) well truly because you know growing up in madison and i know you're a loud and proud strong badger alumnus but to make a difference in your own home and to not just stand around and go boy ain't a shame i guess i'll go to milwaukee so you're really making this happen so true that's how my mom raised us we just i just um my mom's eulogy i just eulogized my mom with my sister I, my sister and i eulogized my mom two weeks ago she passed away from struggling with alzheimer's and she brought us to wisconsin from chicago for better life she was going through a divorce she was in an abusive marriage and this was the land of opportunity she loved milwaukee and madison she loved garage sales she loved estate sales and fishing so we went all around the state. I didn't feel like there were places I shouldn't go. I couldn't go. Boston, Beaver Dam, Sauk City. Like we went places wherever there was water and panfish, we would You're go. There. But she also mm-hmm. taught us to be a part of the solution. So it's easy to move 
And just to add, that wasn't good. But I watched that the city, the campus, the state allowed my mother to come alive. She realized she was an intellectual. She wanted a more diverse community. And this was really home for her as a woman who was a sharecropper and picked cotton as a little girl with her mother and father. So I'm beholden to the state and to the university because it gave my mom a chance to change the trajectory of her life. So my sister and I have committed that we're not just going to leave and just say, well, that's a bunch of crap. We want to make it better. We listened to 700 black folks from around the state asking what would make this feel like home. And they said gathering spaces, culture, comedy shows, film festivals, black theater, places where our kids can see excellence and meet each other and get STEM and STEAM education and music and language and really feel like they are leaders to be developed and not problems to be solved. But my mother inspired us. She was a social worker and a family therapist. Make things better before you break camp. Because anyone can get mad and leave, but it takes true leaders to make the party better. And that's my commitment. I love that. Make things better before you break camp. I need to write that yes. one down. I'm going to write that down. It's going to be my newest G-ism. And that's no, no. Say, we're going to get some G-isms from the Reverend Dr. Alex G. An inspiration. Find out more about the Center for Black Excellence and Culture Planned in Madison and get some of those G-isms. Stay with us on WTMJ. <laughs> Welcome back to What's on Tap on WTMJ. I am Sandy Max. This show is about culture and creativity. And here in Wisconsin, a brand new space is being built to celebrate culture as a way to connect. I'm Sandy Max, continuing an inspiring conversation on WTMJ. On the Tri-County Contracting Hotline, a Wisconsin mover and shaker. Toya Washington and I are joined by Dr. (laughs) Alex G. in Madison, working on so many inspiring projects. But Dr. G., your latest project is the Center for Black Excellence and Culture. And for anyone just joining us, like a two-sentence summary of what this project is. This project is the brainchild from the black community across the state of Wisconsin that is saying, We want to find a place that tells the story of our perseverance and our vision and our self-reliance in this country. And we want a place that that's reinforced for our family and children so that it reinforces health, black joy, black thriving, so that Wisconsin feels like home and we stop escaping to go into other places in the country. It's really meant to roll out a red carpet for the black community for the state of Wisconsin. What's the status of the center right now? The center will be located in Madison because we have site control here. We are on track for breaking ground this spring. And we, we're actually so close to doing this in a debt-free environment. In fact, we're only just a couple million, just $3 million away from breaking ground on a debt-free facility. And most of the dollars have come from the state of Wisconsin. We've gotten support at the city, county, state, and federal level. We've been able to get federal earmarks from Mark Pocan, being supported by Senator Tammy Baldwin. But the businesses that have supported this and the individual philanthropists have come from Madison and Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And that just makes me extremely proud. We raised $25 million in slightly over two years. It was a big lift, and we are just at the the precipice. You're just like, yes. I see and smell and feel that finish yeah. line. I do, too. I I, I do. I do, too. Again, what, what, what I'm finding is that other communities understand this. Like there was, I, I don't know if it still exists, but there was Penumbra, which is a black theater in the Twin Cities. And then, of course, there are things in Milwaukee. When I wanted to go see Comic View comics, we'd have to drive to Beloit. Mm-hmm. Nothing against Beloit, but it's, it's, it's half the size of Madison, at least. But we'd have to go there 
to a small club, you know, to see a nationally renowned black comic. Those acts and things just don't readily move through Madison. And, um, and Toy, I'm sure you remember from, you know, from years, you know, I used to watch you on television before we had a chance to meet. It's like those acts just didn't come through Madison. And those subtle things make you feel like you don't belong. But if you're from other cultural groups, depending on what it is, there's lots of reinforcement. Mm -hmm. So rather than just saying it doesn't exist, Let's bring it here. Let's build it. Let's create space for it. Well, we're creating the space, but we want our partners in the community to bring the programs and the, and the systems and things together to really make this work. And, you know, of, of many accounts, when you look at um, black and white comparisons, particularly for Dane County, the area surrounding Madison, for homeownership, mass incarceration, fourth and eighth grade reading and math levels, high school dropout, the disparity between blacks and whites is the worst in the nation. Worse than black and white comparisons in Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, you name it. But we don't think it because it's not the South and we're not burning crosses mm -hmm. on people's lawns. But something else is at work. Well, in order to compete with that, Wisconsin has really got to feel at home. And we've been here for centuries. And so it's not like we just arrived. Um, and it's not like we're just drying up the resources. So to correct the narrative, it's really important so that not only our children grow up feeling good about our contributions, but we want everyone's children to know the truth about the ways in which the black community has made Wisconsin yeah. the great state that it is. And you bring everyone, you elevate one particular segment of society, you actually are elevating the entire oh, yeah. society. So yeah, this is not definitely. just a black, white, or, you know, whatever ethnic group you want to throw in there. This is elevating the entire community. And I will tell you, as someone yeah, who went to UW-Madison and had plenty of friends where it was just like they did not stay. They did not stay because they wanted Correct. to be in a space and place where more people looked like them. That's not to say that, you know, I don't want to be surrounded by all types of different pe people. But if you feel like you are constantly the only one in the room, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Sure. Everyone craves a sense of belonging. Yeah, everyone. And it, it brings yeah. out but, the best in people. Yes, but what we're finding out now, and this is not our studies, but the studies from the University of Wisconsin-Madison School of Medicine and Public Policy, is that the word that, that, that you use toward that exhaustion, there's a connection between that and microaggressions, and though that pressure has been called a social determinant of health. So that type of stress is an indicator of certain types of degenerative diseases that are on the heels of that exhaustion. So right now, it's not just about wanting a piece of, of pie. I, when I say black wellness, I'm talking about the quality of life. For excellence, what we're saying is not just the polish and the pomp and pageantry. Mm -hmm. When I say excellence, I'm talking about the quality of life. I mean, I personally believe that part of my mother's Alzheimer's, which we now know is triggered by stress and blood pressure, high blood pressure and diabetes, like it, it's really it's it's cognitive, but it's really rooted in in stress. We're seeing increasing amounts of this in the black community among people who came of age around Plessy versus Ferguson and B, you know, Brown versus Board of Education. These are people who were sharecroppers, lived through war, many of them, lived through civil rights, and just the scars of trailblazing and integrating, I think, adds the level of stress that has contributed to their degenerative diseases. Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm wanting to do this because it will enhance not only the quality of life today as we enjoy it, but in moving forward, I'm hoping that by having those cultural spaces and celebrations, it will alleviate some of the stress that leads to these deathly illnesses. So that, le that level of tiredness does cut our lives short, and it shouldn't be that costly to be black and successful in the state of Wisconsin.
quality of life Mm -hmm. is that sense of belonging and also you're talking to a gal who hosts a cultural show here on wtmj and also on milwaukee pbs and the arts bring people together and as you as you build the center for black excellence in culture and you build this beautiful building for people to gather in that's the house and then what makes it a home it is the community bringing in the culture Mm -hmm. and the shows and the artwork and honestly as the founder of the nehemiah center for urban leadership development Dr. G, you, you're walking the walk. Yeah. You've identified oh, this yeah. this need, and instead of just going, boy, wouldn't it be great if this <laughs> yeah. would fix Existed. itself or someone yes. else could do this? Here you are, and with your inspiration, you're you're gathering the support because obviously in the fundraising that you said you'd done and the studies you've done, asking people around the state what it would take to make them stay. Mm-hmm. This isn't just yeah. you dictating to people. I mean, you you've really Correct. used your knowledge. You're you're making UW Madison proud for sure. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's a very sweet thing to say. I really appreciate that. Some people have left because they haven't realized that they have the agency to make a difference. It does take energy, mm-hmm. but to trailblaze and to break into new arenas takes it takes agency, it takes community, it takes reinforcement, it takes faith and confidence. But it's also understanding that you have what it takes to create what doesn't exist. But you've got to begin by believing that and partnering with people who believe it. And so I I like this because I don't want to go to my grave thinking, I wish it would have been different. It could have been different. I want to do everything within my power to make this state great for everyone, my community great for everyone, because that's then a great state. Reverend Dr. Alex G., thank you very much for joining us. Keep up the wonderful work. And I know your mom is proud of you and your sister. That means the world to me. Thank you so much. I hope you have me back on sometimes as we get as we get closer to groundbreaking. You can follow along with the progress of the Center for Black Excellence in Culture in Madison. The website is theblackcenter.org, and you can get his affirmations. He calls them G-isms, and hear his podcast, Black Like Me, at his website, alexgee.com. A reggae song full of love is next on What's on Tap on WTMJ. You're listening to What's on Tap with Sandy Max on WTMJ. And now, feast your ears. This is the song you need to hear. Most blogs are going to be playing at 10. These go to 11. Inspired by three things, Valentine's Day, Full of Love, Black History Month, and by the new film out today, all about legendary reggae singer Bob Marley, called One Love. This is One Love, and people get ready. Bob Marley and the Wailers, what's on tap on WTMJ.